So last week, here's some of the stuff we talked about last week. All right, because I started off telling you a story about my, about my little girl, and when she was barely old enough to put together phrases, she started coming up with questions, right? And so, like, all of her questions were good questions, like, like, uh, like Daddy, um, well, I can't tell you that question. Okay, she, she, <laughs> Daddy, why are you putting your mouth on Mommy? I said, that's a kiss. You know, I love your mama. You know what I mean? Y'all, y'all get that in a minute. You know, kids, I asked that question. <laughs> uh, and then she would say, why, you know, why is water wet? What are shadows made of? Where does the sky end? And these are like deep scientific questions if you really want to come down to it. And I, you know, I was just kind of like, I, you know, I don't know. It just is. I'm your daddy. Do what I say. You ever tell, if you got kids, you ever tell your kids, or maybe if you remember being a kid, clean your room. And your kid's like, why? Yeah. And what's the answer? You don't have time to explain this, right? Because uh, I said it needs to be clean. Because you know you can't, you can't explain this to them. So we talked about stuff like that. But then as I got older, the questions got deeper. <clears throat> and then the question of why became super important. Because when, I, when you don't know about why something happens, you could actually be walking around doing something, not know why, and not getting the results that you think you're supposed to get. Because this book right here, for so long... Or now if it's in your app, I still carry the book because I write notes in mine. But how many of y'all still carry the book, by the way? All right, we still, I'm still in there. I'm young, but I, I don't know. I got an old man thing about me or something. I carry the book. But anyway, this Bible is not a religious book. But you, you can follow people around. Listen, people carry this thing around. They read it. They memorize it. They try to live by it. They try to know the characters, the stories. They try to know all this stuff. And... The truth is, is that it comes out to be something that it's really not. We turn it into something that it's not. And if you don't know what it is, how can you appropriate it in your life? And I was challenging everybody last week to find out what is this thing really about. Now, I had to pre-warn everybody before I started teaching. This is the same Bible you have. This is not no funny, weird, new age uh, teaching. This is the Bible, the same one you have. But the problem is, is that the words inside of it don't match the culture that you now live in. Because, see, when I start teaching the kingdom, people go, man, I, I thought I knew what the word faith meant until you started teaching on the kingdom. Or I thought, y'all remember last week I taught on the word Lord. How many of y'all have ever prayed a prayer and said Lord and didn't have no idea what that word meant? I know. Because I know that half the room last week didn't know because when I started talking about Lord, we were like, <gasps> Lord. So in America, we talked about Lord last week. In America, there are no kingdom concepts. All the stuff that we have has been shifted and changed, and the enemy has successfully changed our message over the years. So we went back to the original message, trying to capture what this book was really about. And so we talked about the word Lord. The word Lord means owner. Right? The word Lord, it means owner. And if you've got your little booklets, you can put that in your vocabulary section on your first page. What we did, y'all, if you're new today... We made our first page basically a vocabulary section. All right, so because you're going to get some terms that you thought, knew, you thought you knew what it was and it's going to be different. The word Lord means owner. So here's, here's the example I gave. All right, so the Bible says that if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. As, as a matter of fact, the Bible actually says in Romans 10 verse 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth, he's the Lord, You'll be saved. How many of y'all never knew that that word meant owner? 
It, it means owner, all right? And if you did know, and the reason why we don't know is because in America, we don't have lords anymore. The only one that we can, can try to match it up with to give us an idea of what does Jesus mean when he says, I'm the Lord. Uh, everybody who's a renter or has ever rented in here, when something breaks down in your house and you're a renter, you call this one person, he's got to come and fix it. And what's his name? The land? That means he owns it. He's responsible for it. Now, when you make Jesus your Lord, if something goes wrong in your body, who's responsible for it? You see where I'm going? So when you see, I just felt the shift right in the room. You see, because we didn't know that the word Lord meant owner. So here's a good example. One day, Jesus is getting ready to go in to Jerusalem, and he tells the disciples, go into the next town, and tell, you're going to see a colt and a donkey tied. He said, go and tell them. He said, if anybody asks you about why you're going to grab this, he said, just tell them that the Lord has need of it. Now, until you just heard that the, Lord, the word Lord meant owner, you thought Jesus was stealing somebody's donkey. And, and that, because here, listen, listen, back in the day, donkeys were so important. It'd be kind of like somebody walking up to you in the parking lot at the grocery store saying, hey, can I have your car? Because the donkey was used for everything, right? So you got a donkey and, and, and the, some guy walks up and says, hey, uh, I'm going to take this. And uh, can you imagine being at your car and somebody walks up? And then and said, hold on, this is my car. He said, no, the, the owner has need of it. And for a second, you thought, well, I thought I was the owner. I'm gonna, maybe I need to slow down. Because I'm shifting your mindset. He said, no, in a kingdom, the king personally owns everything. I'm going to get into that in a second, but I'm going over a little bit of review. So when he says, I'm the Lord, he says, you go tell him that the one who gave it to him, the owner, the one who was letting him use it, needs it for a minute. Right? You ever have kids fighting over a toy? Right? And, and one of them comes and says they're fighting over a toy. This is what I do. I don't know what y'all do. This is what I do. I say, bring it to me. And now, now it's mine. And they're like, but this is mine. I said, no, actually, I bought it. It's mine. And so the Bible says that you are not your own, but actually you've been bought with a price. And now you no longer belong to you. You belong back to the all right. Are y'all with me? Amen. So we want, and here's the reason. And so the big questions that we have, we don't have control of our outcomes in life. And so what mankind has done over the years, we try to create control of stuff. So since we don't know how to control things, we try to create some sense of control. And what we get out of that when we do that is where all religions come from. And we talked about a little bit about religions. Jesus's biggest opposition was not sinners. His biggest opposition was not uh, evil people. Let me, here's another one. His biggest opposition was not even demons. You know what his biggest opposition was? Religion. Religion. If you go through the Bible, you're going to see Jesus contend with religion over and over and over. But in our culture, because we have no concept of kingdoms, we take the book and make it religious. Why do we do that? Because we're reading a book that we have no idea what the words in it means. So if we have no idea what the words in it means, we take it and we make it mean something we want it to mean. So since we don't know, we're, that's why we're doing the kingdom teaching now. So we're going to go through this. And I told you guys this week we we're going to do some keys. But I felt like the concept was just barely getting started last week. So let me dig a little deeper into the concept of the kingdom so that when I start giving you the keys, you understand what I'm talking about. Can I do that? Now... Uh, my man in the back, if you can follow me, I'm going to go through a couple of scriptures real quick. I want you to follow me. 
And this is going to mix the new stuff with the old stuff. Y'all ready to go? All right, Genesis 1.26. We're talking about the kingdom. You got to get this concept. And by the way, I've been all over the world, and I'm telling you, it is rare, rare, rare to find a teaching about the kingdom. Now, you can hear the word kingdom everywhere. Churches claim. People claim. I'm a kingdom man. It's a kingdom church. And then when I say stuff, simple stuff to me, because I've been studying it so long, I'll say to them, well, what does this mean in the kingdom? What does this word actually mean? What does it do? Does it unlock something for me? Does it do something for me? And they have no idea. Because they have been raised and gone to usually like a religious seminary place or something like that. Studied the Bible. And here, here's, here's something that just blew me away. One of my mentors who studies the Bible for his whole life, right? He went to one of the greatest uh, religious institutions in the country, uh, ORU, Oral Roberts University, for those of you who may not know what that is. It's one of the best Bible schools. He's got doctorate degrees, multiple Right, And one of the things he used to say all the time was, I've had training after training after training on this book and never one class on the kingdom. Not one teaching. So all over the world, people are being taught something that they have no idea what it is. And you know what? Here, here's the evidence. We can look at it, Christianity, and there is no difference in a non-Christian and a regular person, or a non-Christian and a Christian. I went into Starbucks one day and I asked this guy, he, you know, I was getting ready to plant the church and I was trying to get to know people and I said, I said, hey man, do you go to church anywhere? He said, no. I said, I said, well, do you mind if I ask you why not? He said, because I got it. I got it under control. I said, okay. And, and you know what that told me? That told me that he doesn't look out at the world and see Christians doing any better than the non-Christians. And so my analysis of that is, is that we are, not, we are not appropriating the power of the kingdom. We are not getting into the kingdom. We're just walking around doing the dance. We're coming to church and getting a little Novocaine to ease our pain, soothe our conscience, and say, well, I don't understand this really, and nobody really studies it anymore. And, and you know, so I'm just going to kind of go to church and hope that my good outweighs my bad and that hope that God will bless me because I'm good. I don't treat people wrong. I don't do people wrong. I don't try, try not to tell lies. I try to show up to work on time. I try to be a good person. I try to hold doors open for old ladies. I try to do all this stuff, but yet I don't feel like I'm getting any results. I'm just doing it to make myself feel better. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. So, all right, so let's jump in. Genesis 1, This is where I prove my point. This is the first chapter of the Bible, and I started here because this is where God started. So we're going to start right there. And this is what God did. Now, the question I asked last week, you probably wrote it down in your Bible. Now, uh, my daughter had a birthday one time, and I bought her a Barbie Jeep. You know, the, the thing you, you drive, the, you know, the real expensive one, right? And so I did that. She wrote it like twice, you know, wasting my money. <laughs> I used to beg her, come on, let's go ride the Barbie Jeep. You know, I'll get in it with you, you know. <laughs> Please, don't waste my money. And so here was the question. Here was the question. Y'all know God, he, he identifies himself to us as God, our Father, right, in the Bible. God is not, not a man or a woman. He's actually spirit, but he identifies himself to us as a Father, okay? And I thought to myself, this is what God asked me before last week, before I started teaching. He said, what? He said, Mike, what do kings give to their children for their birthday? He said, and I, he reminded me of the story of, the, of my daughter, and I, and I said, let's see. If I was the king of the universe, what would I give? And he said, it's in Genesis 1.26. Go look at it. So I went and looked at it. And here's what kings think about when they have children. He says, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. 
here's the gift. Let them have. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give them dominion. 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 The word dominion is a Hebrew word, rada, but it also translates in the Greek to another Greek word, momlakak, and I don't expect you to know all that, but I just want to prove something to you. The word dominion, notice God didn't give them a religion. There are umpteen innumerable amounts of religions. The thing I could never get by is, which one is right? Which leader is right? Is it Muhammad? Is it Buddha? Is it one of these self-proclaimed deities that say, I'm Jesus, I'm God, you know, people that do that now? Is it, well, who is it? Who is it? And I said, how, how do we know who's telling the truth? And I used to walk around and I said, well, anybody can write a book. Isn't this just a book? And I, I mean, I had all these questions. Y'all had these questions too, I bet. Which one is right? There's so many to choose from. It's like when you go to the grocery store and you look at the cereal aisle and you're like, wow. Which one? You know, they all claim to have good things in them. All religions claim to have good things in them. And if you obey most religions, if you do it right, you might can have a decent moral, you know, a decent life, moral code and, and right life almost. There's a problem, though. Because, see, this word dominion, when God said I gave them dominion, he didn't give mankind a religion at all. The word dominion means kingdom. It also translates into the word authority. So when Jesus was teaching the, the Pharisees, the religious people said, wait a minute, there's one difference in the religious teachings that we're used to in his teaching. There's one difference. The Bible says that he teaches as a man that has authority. And it said there's a lot of new age stuff out there, like if you seek enlightenment, which is, you know, kind of the center of some religions. You just sit down, meditate, get centered, and you, you know, you, you can have power if you can get to a certain level of enlightenment. Right? And then like the, the, greatest, the greatest leaders in that religion are like the most enlightened one. You know what I mean? The wisest one in the group. The problem with that is, and I use the example of the church, okay? As the pastor of the church, I have decisions to make. And I don't care how much you know or are enlightened. When you come in here, and you, you might say, Pastor Mike, do you know this scripture, that scripture? And you can quote them front, back, side to side, okay? But the problem is, is that you can't make any changes in here. Because I have the authority. See, you, I can walk in your house and know ten times more than you. But I don't have authority. So the difference in all other religions, there's a lot of differences. One big difference is they don't have authority. I use the example of Elijah. Elijah, has a, he is having a conflict with, a, with all of these, these um, idol worshipers. And he says, listen, let's just settle the score. He said, I want y'all to build an altar, dig a trench around it, fill it with water, soak it in water. Let's make it real hard. Put the, the sacrifice on it. And he said, whichever God, he said, well, you call on your God, I'll call on mine. And whichever one answers by fire, we'll let him be God. And if it's your God, I'll, I'll serve him. But if it's my God, then we'll serve him. So they get there and he says, you can go first. And they start dancing around it, doing their rituals, and he is laughing at them. He's just sitting back. He's just like, well, maybe he's asleep. Maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he don't hear you. He's mocking them. And then he calls on Jehovah God, and God answers with fire, and he consumes the sacrifice, the water, and everything is consumed by his fire. Amen? What's the difference right there? That's an Old Testament example. What's the difference? Authority. Authority. Maybe it could be that the reason we're not getting the answers we're getting in life is because we're walking around quoting religion, and we have no idea how to activate the authority. 
Sometimes we walk around, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name, and something, it's not working, it's not moving. In the name of Jesus. And so I remember the story, like the disciples, Jesus was up on the mountain and, and he got some stuff going on up there and he comes down and there's this boy that comes and he's got a whole bunch of issues and, and that he's got a demon. And so the father says, I brought, this, I brought my son to your disciples, but he couldn't cast out the devil. And Jesus said, all right, bring him to me. Jesus takes about seven seconds, cast him out. And the disciples were like, we said in the name of Jesus, we did our dance, we hung, and, uh, and, uh, and my eyes, veins popping out of my neck. And, uh, what, why couldn't we do Have you ever talked to something and it won't move? Jesus said this. It's very, listen, it's very interesting. He said, this kind doesn't come out except by fasting and prayer. And so we learned, I'm going somewhere, so we learned that the kingdom does not respond to emotions. The kingdom responds to keys. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys, not to the kingdom, of the kingdom. And I gave you the scripture for that last week. The keys of the kingdom. Say, of the kingdom. See, it's not keys to the kingdom. When you get born again, you are in the kingdom. Right? But Jesus said the way the kingdom works is you got to know which key to use for which thing. So Jesus never performed the same miracle twice. The, the same way. Okay? So one day he would come up and he would spit in your eyes, stick his fingers in your ear, and you'd be healed. Right? Thank God he only did that one time. And then he would grab some mud on the ground and wipe it on your face and heal the same thing but do it a different way. And so the key to this is Jesus want to make sure he's not giving us a religious code or religious uh, formula because the more you rely on the formula, the less you have to have a relationship. Because if you don't have a relationship, you cannot be led. And if I come in here and give you the 10 codes of doing this and you're going to get this, then you don't go home and pray. You just go home and start operating the code. But see, the, one of the keys to the kingdom is you have to have a relationship with God and he's going to say, okay, this time, don't hit it. I want you to speak to it. He, this time, don't dance. I want you to stand still. This time, I want you to shout. This time, I want you to lay hands. Sometimes I'll travel and I'll be preaching and sometimes God will say, just walk by and pray over everybody. Don't touch them. Don't prophesy or anything. He said, I'll do it. And sometimes you'll come in the room and he want me to actually lay hand on a person. But the key is this. When I stop, and I'm listening for the Holy Ghost, I'm waiting to hear which key opens this door. Because the kingdom doesn't operate by our emotions. You can get mad and cry and shout and beg and lament and lay on the floor and, and lay there for hours and nothing happen. Nothing. We'll look exactly like the world. No results. No results. You got to have authority. You got to have keys. So, I was, last week I was trying to prove what the Bible is really about, okay? Let me take that one step further. Let me show you two or three quick scriptures, and then I'll move, move into something a little bit deeper. Can you find Matthew 13, 33? Find Matthew 13, 33. Then I'm going to go Matthew 13, 44. Watch this right here. Now, if a man has a message, and... Let's just say it's Christianity, and, and his message is the center of what we're doing. You know, if we're Christians, we are followers of who? The Christ. So technically, technically, um, you know, it's the right term, but 
it's the it's the wrong like in other words christianity let me give y'all a quick because this is a little bit of deeper teaching i don't want to i don't want to just yell it all out christianity was not given to man by god that term is not a is not god's term it is the correct term technically because we are followers of christ so i'm not i'm not bashing on the term but what i'm saying is you got to be careful not to just be a christian because christianity was actually given by people that were standing by watching and these were pagans and they said those people are the followers of christ those are the christians in the new testament i think it's only mentioned three times only three times but jesus himself who claimed to be the son of god walked around talking about something totally different you would never find jesus calling you a christian i'm spinning your whole mindset right now let me do it can you let me do it I'm challenge, challenge you to your core. If you've been in church your whole life, your religion is probably being rocked right now. But you want power and authority, right? I, I don't want this book to just be pages in black and white to me. If I see a sickness in my family, I want to be able to cast it out. If I see some craziness coming in my house, I want to be able to remove it. If I need a breakthrough, I want to be able to do something about it. Amen? And if God has given us authority, then we need to know what the keys are. Watch this. Matthew 13, 33. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leaven. Give me Matthew 13, 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Give me Matthew 22, verses 2 and 3. We can find that one for me. Y'all say amen if it throws it up. It's up? Okay. Okay. I'm, a I'm, rel I'm relying on the screen. I wasn't even there. What did I say, 22? All right. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. The, let's say this one together. The kingdom of heaven. Hold on. Let me, let's do this together. We're on, on three, we're going to read this. Y'all ready? All right. One, two, read. The kingdom of heaven is like a king. How many, when's the last time somebody explained to us what a king is? The Disney movies are trying to do it for us. Every movie is about a princess and a king and a kingdom, right? But nobody really knows exactly. We kind of think we know what that is, but I, 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 I'm going to break it down for you in a second, and it's going to blow your mind what, what really is happening here. So let me get one more. Matthew 13 and 19. Jesus knew this. He knew that the devil would be after one message. The devil's only trying to stop one message, guys. He's only trying to stop one message. Okay? Only one message. You can get in the church and preach healing. He don't care about that. You can get in the church and preach on praise. You can get in the church and preach on prosperity. You can get in the church, preach almost anything you want to. But here's the message that, the, that, the, that Satan hates but in, in, in the reason why. Because it puts power back in your hand. Watch this right here. Okay, let me read it for you because I... I'm, I'm, I think I'm going too fast for him. Matthew 13, verse 19. So he says, when anyone hears the word, and listen, you got to read the Bible slow, okay? Watch, watch, watch this. When anyone hears the word, not just the word, the word of the kingdom, and he does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches it away. Which, which message does he snatch away? The kingdom. Another translation says, when the word is sown, 
the enemy comes immediately. And then later Jesus says, the, the message, the word, is the word of the kingdom. And, the, and these ones that preach that word, these are the sons, not church members, the sons of the king. Romans 8 says that, that, that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared by, about the glory that shall be revealed in us, right? It says the earth is groaning, waiting for who? The sons of God to be revealed. You don't even know what a son of God is until you understand the kingdom. Because until you understand the dynamic of a king and the relationship with his son, you cannot be a son. John chapter 1, Jesus said, I came to my own, but they did not receive me. But for those that did receive me, I gave them the right to be a son. You know, Jesus didn't come into town and say, y'all want to go to my church? Y'all want to go to my church? I'm starting a church. Y'all want to go to the church? Okay, we're going to have the best church. Y'all come on. We're going we're to start this church thing. That's not what Jesus, look, he talked about rights. He talked about, he talked about kingdom. Consumed with it. Everything, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everything Jesus talked about was kingdom, 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 kingdom. He pointed to a tree and say the kingdom. He pointed to a seed and say the kingdom. He pointed to a kid and say the kingdom. He pointed to this and say the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Here's another, here's another one that, that we mess up all the time. Because what I'm trying to show you by all those random scriptures I just gave you is that Jesus is about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. He's trying to get you to understand the kingdom. Jesus didn't even preach. Y'all hold on to Y'all got seatbelts just strapping on real quick. Hold on to, hold on to your seatbelt. Jesus didn't even preach salvation. Oh, here's another one. Jesus didn't even preach Jesus. Let me let that sink in for a second. Every church you go, now I love Jesus, don't get me wrong. But if we're going to get, see, here, here's what you got to understand. Jesus, this is why he didn't preach prosperity, healing. He didn't preach any of that. He did it. And then when he showed, then he was healing people and people were prospering. Business was, were booming. He was clearing out hospitals. Things were going good when Jesus was around. But his message was not prosperity. Because if you chase the prosperity, you're going to miss the kingdom. And if you chase the healing, you're going to miss the kingdom. But Jesus said in Matthew 6, can I get Matthew 6 on the screen? Let me get Matthew 6. I think it's verse 10. Let me see that. No, give me verse 30. Let me give me verse did I last week. Give me verse 33. 33. Sorry about that. I'm jumping all over the place. What did he say? He said, don't preach healing. Don't preach prosperity. Don't preach all these other things. Because he, he knew we were going to have a tendency to start preaching the miracles. He said, don't, don't preach the miracles. He said, tell them to seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and then all of these things I've been doing, it'll just happen. See, you can either get in a room and, oh, Jesus. Have you ever been in one of them church services? If you ever been, don't leave me up here by myself. Have you ever been in a church service where the drummer won't stop? Boom, 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 boom. Right? The preacher can't even preach. Every time you get up there, hey! I ain't against all of that, but what I'm saying is this. Ain't nothing happening. You still got to have the key. You still got to have the key. You can dance in front of the door at Walmart if you want to. But when you walk up to the county, you better have some money. You got to have the key to the kingdom. He said, don't seek all that stuff. He said, seek the kingdom and all those things come to you. Something magical happened when I started seeking the kingdom. He said, the word seek means to pursue, study, and try to understand it. He said, when you do that, magical things happen. Doors open, healing comes, prosperity flows, your children get healed, things happen. 
if all you got to do is seek the kingdom. He said, then all that other stuff, and I love how before that he said, quit worrying about your life. That's all we do. That's all we do, y'all. The reason we go to work is because we're worried about our life. The reason we're doing a job we hate is because we're worried about our life. Instead of figuring out who am I in this kingdom thing that God is doing, and I want to seek that. Are y'all with me? I'm having a hard time getting through this because it's just so good. So everybody's got these battles. Everybody's got these questions. And probably in your own mind, you're probably sitting there going, okay, this is challenging for me. But let me, let me help you a little bit more, okay? Let me get... Now, here, here, here's something cool. Okay, if you go to the doctor, right, you're sick. Let's say you're sick. You go to the doctor. The doctor finds out what's wrong with you, right? He finds out what's wrong with you. And if the doctor, since he knows everything, okay, he finds out what's wrong with you, and you come out of there, and I say to you, well, what did he give you? What was his solution, prescription for this? And you say, oh, oh, he just, he just, uh, he just gave me some Tylenol. He said I'll be fine. Let me just, let's just take a guess in here. How many of y'all can guess real quick if, if, he, if he prescribed Tylenol, what was the problem? Just throw something out. A headache, right? Now, since the, man, since the, the beginning of, of time when man fell, and since we've created a bunch of solutions that's not working, you have to go back to the Bible and find out, well, okay, what is God's prescription for all of these problems? Because the world is in an epidemic in a lot of areas. We have hunger problems. We have health problems. We have family problems. We have economy problems. It's now a global problem. It's no longer just an isolated problem. When the, when the uh, uh, economy of the world takes a hit, your finances take a hit, you feel it. When the world shifts, you feel it, right? So we're, it's just out of control. And so nobody can tell me that just because we got touchscreen phones, iPads, and, and can send a person to the moon, that mankind is getting better. It's not. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. Uh, 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 all you got to do is turn on your TV and just look. Stuff that used to be rated R is now rated G. Cussing in the cartoons. Just profane stuff getting mixed with holy stuff. Stuff that doesn't belong in church being brought in and saying, that's okay, let's do that. And, and now the church is missing the power. And the Bible says at the end of days, we would accept a form of godliness, but lack the power thereof. So what that means is we'll come in here and do the dance, and we'll, and we'll accept anybody. And that part is true. We'll take you how you are. But I got news for you. If you're sitting in here and you're comfortable every week, then I'm not preaching. You don't come to church to be comfortable. You come to church to get challenged. You come to church to get a word. You come to church to get something that's going to pull you out. Amen. So we got to make sure we know what the problem is. So here's, uh, here's how I know what the problem is. Watch this. Give me uh, Isaiah. Let me see which one I want to start with. Uh, chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. So here's God's prescription for mankind. Are y'all ready for this? He said, I'm going to send a child to the earth. Here's more proof about the kingdom. I'm going to send a child to the earth. A child will be born. A son will be given. And the government, say government will be on his shoulders. What's on his shoulders? So the child here is talking about who? Jesus. What's on Jesus' shoulders? The government. Is it, is it a denomination? Is it Baptist church? Is it Presbyterians? Is it Catholic? Is it any other faith? What is it? Government. If God is prescribing on Jesus' shoulders, if he is bringing to you a government, then the problem must be government. And we have replaced government with religion. And we have made church a democracy. We have brought our dem democratic 
attitudes into the church and we set up boards and deacons and all this stuff and we vote on everything because that's what a democracy is about it's about we the people see the bible is not even a religious book it's actually a constitution it's full of your rights and privileges and advantages in the beginning of our constitution in the kingdom starts with this i the king or in genesis 1 1 it says in the beginning god it says nothing about in the beginning we the people in order to form a more perfect human to establish liberty and justice blah, 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 blah. right does it say that what does it say in the beginning god it says it says i he's basically he's saying it's all about me i'm the king and this is how it's gonna be i and look here's another thing give me verse give me um, matthew 6 verse 10 so jesus comes as a child and what was on his shoulders write that in your notes what was on jesus's shoulders government how many how many messages have you heard lately about the kingdom government zero i can almost bet you unless you are sitting in one of the five churches that i know in america that actually know what they're talking about with this concept here and i'm not saying they all don't know what they're talking about i'm saying they don't the concept you got to have this is the first thing you got to have because i can talk about relationships next week but not talking about the kingdom and you don't know what i'm saying right jesus said in matthew 10 he said the disciples had seen Jesus perform miracles, do miracles, all these amazing things, but they only ever asked him one question. This was, this was funny. I, I thought this was funny because I would have said, Jesus, how'd you walk on water? How'd you do that? Show me how to do that. But they saw Jesus doing something a lot of the time, and they saw him praying. They, so they said, Jesus, what is this? When you go off by yourself, and what are you doing over there? And he said, I'm praying. He said, they said, well, teach us how to pray. Some of us need to ask God to teach us how to pray because then we'll start getting results. Watch this. This is what he says. He said, this is verse 10. He said, pray this. Your kingdom come, Lord, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, pray that what's going on in heaven will happen in the earth. He said, don't pray, God, get me out of here. Listen. Here's the difference in religion and the kingdom. Religion focuses you on paradise. All religions, they're all based on this. You do something, a dance, a ritual, a set of rules. If you live by a code, your promise is paradise. I'm about to blow you away. You ready for this? The kingdom is the opposite. Jesus said, if, if, any, man, if any man is in me, he is a new creature. And then he says, he says, pray that the kingdom comes to the earth. I'm not trying to get you to heaven. I'm trying to get into the earth. The Bible, look, we're so focused on, am I being good enough to get to heaven? This is what we're all trying to do. 90% of people are away from God because they think they're being bad and then God's not going to let them into heaven. God is not trying to get you to heaven. God is trying to get heaven into the earth. God, listen, from the beginning, God created the earth and he tried to put heaven into it. That's why he gave Adam dominion. Then it got messed up and he said, I'm going to send my child a seed and he is going to carry with him the government, the kingdom. And he said, it's going to be on Jesus's shoulders. Then Jesus grew up and Jesus said it again. He said, when you're asking God for stuff, ask him to get the kingdom back into the earth. The problems in the world are not, listen, most of the problems in the world, 90% are government or religion. We're mad at our government because they don't provide. We're mad at religion because it's messing us up. We're mad at something. We're mad at one of those two things usually, and we're expecting it to fix us. And Jesus said there's only one kind of government that can fix this, 
He said, it's the kind that I brought that is dependent on me, the kind that you need to know about. He said, pray that the kingdom gets here. So we discover the priority of Jesus and we begin to understand how a king thinks. Now here's, here's, here's what's funny. You got to know how a king thinks. What do kings always think about? I'm going to give you the example. I'm going to give you the, the answer to that. Kings always think about this. All kings, human kings and God is the king. They're always thinking about expansion. Expansion. You know what earth is? Earth on itself cannot explain its origin or its reasoning for existence. Earth on its own can be studied and observed. It cannot explain why it's here. But if you read the Bible, it explains it. The earth is an extension of heaven. God created a new territory so that he could increase his authority. What's on a king's mind? Expansion. When a king has a child into the world, when humans have a child, we try to figure out how to plan for their retirement when they grow up. We try to figure out how are we going to save to get this child through school. In a kingdom, if you see a child, that means that an inheritance has already been set aside. They don't bring children into the world until that inheritance is ready. Genesis 1, God plants the earth. He organizes it. He orders it. He establishes it. Then he puts man in it. That's yours. I feel that. Y'all feel that? That's that religion getting beat up in you. Look, look we're, we're not, now we're thinking about authority. Wait a minute. God, look, God created the heavens for himself, right? And then the Bible says, the Bible says that the heavens are for the Lord. They're for God, not for men. And then it says, and then the earth he gave to the sons of men. What is that doing? That's a picture of a king extending his territory. Now, you know what America was trying to become? When the British were sending people over here, they were sending them to dominate the new world. In other words, we want to expand our kingdom. So we're going to send a delegation of people, representatives, to go over there and establish our culture, our code, our ethics, our morality, our laws, our history in a new territory, which would have made America the same as, as the home country. In fact, our first 13 establishments were called the original 13 colonies and until we had a war and declared independence we were property are y'all feeling me so God says I want to do just like that there's your earthly picture of it I want to extend my territory because I'm a king and I'm going to create it I'm going to rule heaven but since I have children now I want them not to just be not to just be church members I want them to be kings also because a king produces a king Amen. So when you are born in the house of a king, you are a king by birth. Anybody ever seen the Lion King? Okay. Well, I explained to my daughter like this. I said, you know, when Simba was born, his, his, uh, his, that whole thing, his dad took him on a mountain. He said, all of this is yours. Simba hadn't done one good thing yet. He said, it's yours because you're mine. So God took earth, created it, and said, that's yours. So why is the earth in chaos? Because we're running it. Last week we answered the question, is God in control? And I'm proving to you that God's not in control. He owns it. But you run it. Wow. So the next time you turn on the news and you see the murder and the mayhem and the stealing, remember this. As soon as the kingdom is restored, order will be established. And whose responsibility is it to get the kingdom back into the earth? It's the ones who are running it. When the sons come out and say, no more of this mess doing religion, I'm taking authority in my city, and I'm going to do this the right way, 
No more of this stuff. I'm not going to be going through the parking lot worried about somebody about to rob me. or, You know, I tell my wife all the time, when you get out of your car, honey, you got to make sure your head is on a swivel because, you know, somebody just got robbed at Ross the other day down the street. In, in daylight, an old lady. What's the world coming to? My goodness, I can't believe all my time is gone already. Let me... All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to come back next week. Listen, I'm, I'm going to give you one more concept. You've got to have the concepts, but this one is the most important. We're going deep, y'all. I'm blowing up religion. I'm going to kill all of these religious cows in this city. I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to kill them all. Y'all are going to hit new levels, new dimensions, and you're not even going to know what happened. I'm telling you, stuff is about to change. Let me give you one concept. Let me give you one concept. All right, I'm going to break down for you the concept of king. Write down king in your book. If you're going to know about the kingdom, you got to know about the king. And I'm going to come back to colonization later. Colonization is what God was up to from the beginning of time. Creating a new territory and then putting himself in it, but doing it with representatives, not himself. I'll come back to that even though I really want to do that one. Let me give you some bullet points on kings. And I'm going to try not to get out of control here. Y'all ready? Let me see if I can find my scripture real quick. So Jesus comes, and he's on trial before he goes to be crucified. And Pilate asks him, he says, they say you're the king of the Jews. Is this true? Look at these terms. Now, we never think about this. We think of king as like Disney king, Disney movie. Jesus said, you're right. I'm a king. So out of his own mouth, whether you believe in Jesus or not, Jesus said, I'm a king. Nobody else has ever made that claim. No other religious leader has ever made that claim. Jesus said, I'm not a religious leader. Quit reducing me to being the other leader of the other choices that you can have to soothe your conscience and give you some type of serenity in life or grant you some kind of paradise later. He said, I'm a king. And the reason I'm here is because I'm bringing a kingdom to the earth. I'm not trying to get all of them out. You're not going to be. He said, you better get ready because it's about to be some stuff coming in because I'm a king. Watch this. So. He says, okay, so kingdoms have kings. That's the first thing you need to know. Kingdoms have kings, not presidents, not prime ministers, not other, any other kind of leader. Kingdoms have kings. Kings are the opposite of every other kind of leader. I'll explain that in a second. Kings cannot be voted in. So we take our democratic attitude and bring it into church. Kings cannot be voted in. They have to be born in. Why did Jesus not talk about salvation? Because his goal, listen, salvation, the word salvation is a word, it's a Greek word, sozo, S-O-Z-O. The word means wholeness, prosperity, heal. It's the whole ball of wax. It's everything. It's not, listen, salvation is not a ticket to heaven. Listen, I'm just, oh, I'm, this is going to mess you up. Write these things down now. Salvation is not a ticket to heaven. It's empowerment to take over the earth. Do you know why God wants to heal you? So you can take over the earth. Do you know why God wants you to be prosperous? So you can take over the earth and do business. Do you know why God has to heal your body when you're working for him in the kingdom? Because you got to do business. God said, I'm going to heal you. Now get back up and go do business. Now when you get in the room with God and you say, please heal me, Lord. I know you're a good God. Please, Lord Jesus. You can leave your emotions at the door. He does, he does care that you're emotional, but he can't do anything until you pull out the key. So he said, listen, I'm going to heal you, but it's so you can get back to work. I'm going to heal you, but it's so you can go and do something. I'm going to bless that church, but it's so you can go out there and bless those that need it. 
I'm not just trying to give you something that you're proud of so that you can have another church. It's another one of them in the city. He said, I'm trying to give you salvation. Salvation is not your ticket to heaven. It's your empowerment to rule the earth. He said, I'm going to sozo you. Just forget about that word salvation. He said, I'm going to sozo you. He said, in other words, 2 Corinthians 5, he says, he says, if you call me Lord, the word confess doesn't mean to bring up your past. The word confess means to agree. And since a king cannot be voted in, the only option you have is to agree with him or not. So when he says confess that he is Lord, what he's saying is when you agree that I am the Lord, then you will be so zoed. In other words, when you say that I am Lord, then you will be so zoed. You will be empowered to do what you can never do. Not get to, listen, heaven is another thing. Heaven is actually going to end up on the earth anyway. So, but, so it's not trying to get you out. It's him trying to get in. Salvation is him getting in you. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? 